With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Patrick Connor here and welcome to the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. We're doing a little bit more boxing history this week. I actually got a surprise episode and I'm here with my dude Bryn Jonathan Butler, who's of course author and uh, filmmaker, trainer, boxing trainer to the stars right now, doing a little bit of Lewis Klitschko. I don't know which stars I've trained, but but one day. It's I don't know. I gotta, it's just one of those expressions you got to use to make somebody seem cool, you know? <laughs> I'm not cool, but yes, I'm excited about Lewis Klitschko, Battle of the Titans, as it was called, June 21st, 2003 at the Staples Center. I think that this is one of the like unheralded fights of the decade. And I know that sounds like total hyperbole, but if you watch this, I mean, even Merchant says this is this is Gaddy Ward at the highest level in terms of weight and stuff like that. 500 pounds. Of, of men in this ring, largely because Lewis is fighting at 256 and a half pounds, which is, which is interesting because it's like he was 249 against Tyson, but it's a very different Lewis. So I think this, this fight on so many levels is interesting to revisit because Klitschko was so dismissed after dropping out of the fight with, with Bird because of a, a shoulder injury, which was far more severe than anybody really took seriously. The odds going into this fight, I've, I've seen it various odds presented, but it sounds like it's between four and five to one that Lewis was going to win this fight. I think Klitschko maybe is one of the great heavyweights in history in terms of just line him up with any other heavyweight getting into the ring. Who wins? I think he's one of the hardest outs that has ever been in the heavyweight division, in, in my view. I'm not saying his accomplishments deserve to be up there at the top, but I'm just saying, put him in, his intelligence, how competitive he is, how dangerous he is, and how, he's just a very, very difficult proposition for anybody. And, uh, and Lewis, I think, also might be one of the top five heavyweights of all time and also one of the hardest people ever to get out um, at his best. I, I like him against anybody. I think, he, I think he was the most dangerous heavyweight that's ever fought in my view. So, and the timing of the fight is so interesting, a year layoff for Lewis. So I think this fight for anybody that hasn't seen it or is like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Well, what am I talking about selling this um, is a shockingly good fight with so many back and forth and Lewis operating at so many different tempos, trying to contend with somebody who I think for the first time wanted it more than him in the ring. Yeah. And those, those are really rare to watch. Evander Holyfield fought a whole career where he only faced it once, which was James Tony, and he did not know how to deal with it. Lewis did know how to deal with it and pulled this fight out. But like, this was a, a really complex and yet totally compelling fight to, to go back to. He definitely pulled it out. Lewis pulled it straight out of his ass. And some people are still pissed about it to this day because when I post about it or talk about it, you know, there's always somebody like, yeah, well, if he hadn't uh, 
totally eviscerated his fucking face. He would have won, you know, come on, you know, it's, it's how this, that's how this goes. But no, that's uh, it was a, a really good fight. It was a fun fight. A lot of people will say it was a sloppy fight. I'm not going to disagree too much. It kind of did get a little bit sloppy, but even so you have, as you referenced, you have two guys who are in terms of size, the size of fighter that could take on literally anyone in history, any fighter in history and, and not be outsized, you know, but then on top of that, you have two really big fighters who after so many years and so many pundits and historians going like, yeah, they're big, but they fucking suck. You know, yeah, he's six foot six, but what the fuck, you know, he's not very good. Nobody can be that good when they're that big. And finally, we do have a pair of fighters who are that good and are that big fighting each other for the heavyweight championship. And yeah, the circumstances are kind of wonky. The circumstances are kind of weird. But even so, you know, the the stars kind of aligned on this night just for this night. And, and they lined just right, man. It was a it was a great fight. Um, and the the kind of there are some subtle shifts in momentum over the fight. And I think that you also got to see, as you also alluded to, a Lennox Lewis that was a little bit different from other versions of Lennox Lewis that we've seen for a host of reasons. So, I mean, it, it was just a really good fight. I have a lot of, like I was saying earlier to you before we start recording, fond memories of this fight and watching it. And then, you know, in like the weeks and months afterwards, downloading it and showing it to my friends and going, check this shit out. Oh, my God, look at that cut. Holy shit. You know, it was it was good stuff. I mean, if you're somebody who celebrated Fury Wilder 3, if you're somebody who celebrated Bo Holyfield. Guilty and guilty. Ron Lyle and George Foreman. This Check. is a big, bigger version and a more skilled version than any of those, I would argue. And I think with more nuance, with more, uh, you know, as you say, there are subtle changes and there are sea changes. And you're just seeing both guys tested so much in this fight with this bizarre outcome, which is the series that we're exploring is controversy and the different manifestations of controversy in fights that make it so contentious about, as you say, what would have happened. And yet, one of the reasons I found this really interesting to revisit is because everybody has pointed out this is the only fight where Lewis was behind on the scorecards when he won. I think the only other time he really had trouble in a fight was Ray Mercer like anywhere close to this much oh, yeah. you know, the pressure and you know Mercer was fucking badass just a beast of a fighter but it's yeah there's something just really intriguing to where Klitschko was going with this where he was so intent on sort of redeeming the family reputation his brother is there in the corner you know the the, the two brothers it's so interesting just because I remember Freddie Roach telling me once he said that catching hand pads Vladimir was by far the hardest hitter that he ever worked with way harder than Tyson he said but he said Vitaly is a much better fighter he's not as good an athlete but he's a much better fighter and when you listen to the commentators in this fight they're so dismissive of Vitaly and like this is a guy like for people who don't know the Klitschko's their father contracted cancer as a result of cleaning up Chernobyl he was like triaging Chernobyl as a Russian soldier. These are brave, brave people. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they don't come from they don't come from opulence or you know it's or some nobody's been uh, putting baby powder on their ass their entire lives. You know, it's no. these are no. these are tough dudes. And 
Vitaly also had a, uh, a long amateur career and an amateur kickboxing career for a number of years. So he's not some just some random ass stiff. And I mean, I actually had to laugh because if you look on YouTube, you can find the full broadcast, like the lead up to the fight. I just don't remember watching that because the what the clip I downloaded after the fight was just the fight and it was that was it. There was no before or after uh, maybe the post fight interview point is. I don't remember having watched it in a number of years. So I watched it, you know, for, for the talk we're about to do. And <laughs> I was cracking up because man, this was when big George was really just starting to fall apart as a commentator. Oh. Jesus Christ, dude, they do the lead in and big George starts talking about getting a colon check and starts doing all this. I'm just like, Oh yeah, George, oh, no. what the fuck are you talking about? He's talking about coming back and fighting Lewis or Klitschko. And I'm like, no, my no, God. No. George, George has a better fight in, in just dealing with himself and the contradictions that he's espousing throughout the fight than the fight. Yeah. George, yeah. George is the most schizophrenic that I've ever heard him as a commentator. And and I, I mean, love Big George, but yeah, during the, he was he was uh he, he was all over the place on this one. No. And maybe it was the idea of of the fact you know that he's watching two heavyweights and you know somebody's got in his brain that he might be able to fucking take on one of these guys or something like that but oh my god you know even that version of lennox lewis that looked like shit for a couple minutes there would have destroyed him it but you know uh, one of the things that in the very first round so we see vitaly klitschko coming out fairly aggressive in the first round and lennox lewis he actually he assumes an aggressive uh, an wow aggressive aggressive posture in that he's not throwing a lot of punches but he's clearly assuming like all right i'm gonna come after you and yeah. that was very not lennox lewis like and one of the things that going back to this george shit one of the things he says is they're talking about oh we don't know why vitaly klitschko's gloves are so low that was his style you guys just watch a couple clips and number two george goes oh well they're low because lennox lewis is high so you got to go low what? I don't know what the fuck. No. The other, th the other thing I think for, for people getting into this fight is, okay, it's June 2003. Lewis had destroyed Tyson by eighth round knockout a year earlier. Tyson rejects having a rematch, which I think tells you a lot about Tyson. A lot about Tyson. He doesn't want any part of going into that fight. So yeah. like as much shit as Riddick Bo gets for ducking Lewis, Tyson did exactly the same thing. These guys knew how good Lewis was at that point. Well, and to be fair, I think Mike had a lot of stuff going on at the time. Oh, yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think like when we hear about that they sparred in front of Cuss and, and Tyson got the best of him in the first round, then Lewis came on. Lewis always wanted the fight after he knew how to handle Tyson. And I think he just knew from that sparring session yeah i can do okay with this it, nothing against tyson i just think you know i've i've been in front of tyson tyson is half an inch taller than me and i've been in front of lennox lewis these are two different species of men <laughs> just in terms of size like lewis to to be that size with with the skills that he had and the power he had that's not fair <laughs> it's not fair and, and i mean and also just implementing his strategy with emmanuel stewart in the corner Lewis was incredible. And other than a couple of lucky times getting knocked out, which he both avenged, Lewis beat every man he ever fought. So we catch him at an interesting point. He's just about to turn 38 years old going into this fight. He's had a year break. He's gained a bunch of weight. He's supposed to fight Kirk Johnson, who gets a chest injury. 
I don't know why it's not a little more specific than that, but anyway, a chest injury. So Vitaly steps in. I know Vitaly has four different pronunciations of his name, but in this broadcast, they mentioned it will be Vitaly, unlike in Germany. Um, we won the war, so we get to... Anyway, um, so Klitschko steps up. Lewis is dealing with a substitute. Maybe he'd been getting ready for Kirk Johnson. It's always very difficult to fight a Canadian. So, I mean, maybe he overprepared a little bit in some senses. But you're, you're getting a Lewis who's in a weird spot. And, and Lewis, after this fight, also is going to toy a bit with Klitschko about whether he'll give him a rematch. Oh, I think your eye needs some more time to recover. So you can tell that Lewis, while pulling this fight off, kind of knows the end is really near. He's, he's got enough money. Lewis is not one of those athletes that we've ever heard about has had money troubles or whatever. So for all the things he gets criticized for for being boring, probably another aspect of that boringness is his financial literacy and that he's not emotionally spending in any, any way. Um, and last point before I get into the round by round is that Foreman said before this fight, there is a big chance for an upset. Now he's all over the map on everything. So it's sort of like Trump, like half of it is going to be true because he's calling every possibility, but he does mention that going into the fight. And an interesting other aspect to this is that Roy Jones has just won a piece of the heavyweight championship against John Ruiz. And you are actually going to hear in this telecast that Jones <laughs> would stand a very good chance of beating Lewis after how bad he looked against Klitschko, which I think is the most mind-blowingly stupid thing I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, and, and as you mentioned, George Foreman wanting to come out of retirement at 55, <laughs> and mentioning all his uh, annual physicals, uh, you know, stay away from my colon and that kind of thing. Um, what I find crazy about this before I talk about the first round, last thing, is that I gave every round of this fight to Klitschko. I gave every single round, and I don't remember it being that way, but, it, you know, we had the contentious stuff before with the other two fights that we've discussed where it's like, I couldn't give it to Hagler or Castillo Mayweather. Every round of this fight, I, I could not give a round to Lewis and I have nothing against Lewis. So first round, they look like two kids fighting. I thought they are, they're just bashing away at each other. They both look a little bit nervous with some flourish, flourishes of jumping in, but it looked like bumper cars to me. Like the, the style, they're just so big and, and just a little bit awkward. Um, but I thought Klitschko's arsenal, his ability to land at range and his punch selection and also the tempo at which he's fighting were something that you could see Lewis had never been confronted with before. He was flustered by it. And he also was aware that he was unable to physically dominate or mentally dominate his opponent, um, which he almost always could. And Vitaly looked really happy to be fighting. He looked very game. And you could see that Lewis was kind of stunned that anybody enjoys fighting Lennox Lewis. And it kind of eked away a little bit at his confidence level. Vitaly threw 73 punches and landed 23. Lewis only threw 29, but, or 39, but was a little bit more accurate landing 18. But I think the activity of a man as big as Vitaly Six foot eight, six seven, six eight, quite a diminished reach compared to Lewis, which is interesting as the taller man. But you can just see Lewis knows, fuck, I am in for a lot in this fight. This guy is not going away and he hits hard 
and he's landing against me in a way that men are not supposed to do when I fight them. So I was kind of just fascinated by how Lewis responds to this turmoil and adversity. And going into the next round, he doesn't really pick up the pace. He's pretty sluggish. So how did you score the first round? And, and tell me about round two as you saw it. Yeah, I thought that, uh, that Klitschko should have taken the first round. Um, Lennox Lewis, <clears throat> both of them, I will say, actually, both of them are natural counterpunchers. Generally, when you put a counterpuncher in with a counterpuncher, what happens is a shitty fight because neither one wants to lead and neither one feels comfortable leading. And there's a bunch of like, <laughs> you know, like a bunch of like range finding shit where it's it's just twitchy and fainty. And there is a fair bit of that in this fight. But you can also tell that it's like, I don't know who decided it first, but they both at one point decide like, we don't have time for this. Like, we're going to try to win this fight. And Lennox Lewis in the first round comes out jabbing actually uh, aggressively, which for him is not very like him. And, and that's actually one of the few things that George gets right in the commentating is he says, he says something to the effect that he's, he's surprised that Lewis is fighting this way because you usually Lewis is more of a counterpuncher and he's leading a little bit more than he would. And he's surprised. And I think that also as a result, um, personally, I thought that what Lennox Lewis was doing was probably recognizing that he was out of shape did not have a shitload of gas in the tank and wanted to do some damage early to try to get this guy out of there. It's a last minute opponent, which by the way, I will say this too. That's one of the kind of excuses or whatever, whatever that a lot of people say, well, of course Lennox looked that way. He was a last minute replacement, bro. Klitschko fought a last minute replacement too. He fought him on the exact same amount of notice. Yeah. I'm just, he fought Lennox Lewis as a, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah. you kind of got to give it up both ways here and you can't really nudge it toward Lewis for that. But point is first round Lewis is a little bit more aggressive than you would expect to see him, but he also started getting timed and Klitschko found his range a lot quicker than Lewis did, which is another thing you're not used to seeing with Lennox Lewis. As soon as Lewis is trying to get in with his right hand, you can see a little quick little boop, boop, right hand from Vitaly Klitschko that's like basic, nothing too weird, not a weird angle, but Lewis is just walking right into it because he's trying to be aggressive. So yeah, Klitschko takes that first round. In the second round, uh, I thought it was a similar situation where he's again jabbing aggressively, Lewis that is, and Klitschko gets in with some good right hands and he again starts in with, with a, a much better range on his right hand. He's clipping him with it, like right on the chin, like bam, you know, he's just not stepping into it at that point. But Lewis is already looking, you know, pretty sweaty, pretty out of shape uh, in the second round, I thought. So, I mean, it's a really good fight opening up already because already through two rounds, both big guys have landed some pretty big shots on the other. Yeah, round two, I was really surprised, but Lewis looks sluggish. As a response to the first round, he looks more sluggish. He looks lethargic and he looks frustrated. He's not really sure what the answer is to this guy. Um, I had, I, my notes had, he looked like a guy at the DMV waiting in line. He, um, Lewis, Lewis eating just looks, life. Eating, 
<laughs> Lewis looks perturbed by how game and brave Klitschko is. Um, Vitaly is ef effective in implementing his aggression. Um, and he, Lewis is just unable to dictate the pace in the way that he's so good at doing against so many different styles of fighters. This is a guy who wants, Klitschko's got energy. He's in great shape and he wants to take that title. And you can see Lewis is like, oh, he is hungrier than I am, <laughs> at least in this fight. Outside of the ring, Lewis, yeah, Lewis's size, he's carrying more weight, he's older, um, and you're seeing that all kind of add up for the first time. That's not what you saw against Tyson. And granted, it was a shot Tyson, but Lewis looked fantastic in that fight. I mean, some of those combinations <laughs> that he was landing against Tyson were, were incredible. And, and even when they're turning, he's getting first to the punch and like, you're that size you should, and Tyson is so quick or, or historically has been so quick. So I think what this exposed a little bit, which is rare for Lewis is he looked arrogant going into this fight. And that arrogance is confronting somebody who really doesn't have any arrogance. This Klitschko knows how dangerous Lewis is and he just doesn't care. He just wants it. Um, there was a huge right hand landed mid, midway through the round that clearly buzzed and wobbled Lewis. That was pretty shocking. Like if he was able to just get one more through, I think he could have put him down. Uh, crowd immediately is hugely involved in this fight. I think they were expecting something a lot less, as you're saying, like a chess game or something like that. That is not what this is, even though both of these guys are very capable of fighting that way and prefer to fight that way. But for whatever reason, the chemistry is such that people start suspecting, you can hear it by the buzz, that this is going to be something special. And this is even more interesting because Lewis looks incredibly heavy on his feet. As he's moving around the ring, Lewis, Lewis was no Ali, but Lewis could move a lot more effective than I think any of his opponents thought. Not here. Lewis is able to flip the momentum with a perfect stiff jab uh, at various moments in this round. So again, you're seeing another side of this fight that's so interesting. Yeah, it's like he's, sorry to interrupt you, but it's yeah. like that that phrase they use in, box, in boxing, keeping someone honest. Yeah. It's like, that's exactly what he's doing. As soon as Vitaly starts getting, Vitaly, whatever, starts getting that momentum, <laughs> Lewis is just like, bap, you know, with a nice jab that stops you know, it's like, all right, let me reset here. It's I noticed that too. It's very interesting. And you can also kind of see Lewis is aware by the crowd's response that they are excited about an upset, about a very special upset that is unfolding. And like a champion, he responds by taking the fight to Klitschko. He is not willing to acquiesce. As Tyson did, anytime anybody stood up to Tyson, he gave up. Ultimately, he gave up. He put up a good fight against Douglas. A lot of people don't give him credit for that. But fundamentally, there was a bully mentality that if I meet resistance, if I haven't taken you out of your game, I don't know how much is me here to, to really stand up to you. Lewis is, is an exception to that. And yet, as you're seeing him step up to try to win the round, try to you know set, set the tone of the fight that this I am the champion, I'm going to take control here. Um, as Lewis is attempting to flip the momentum, there's a moment where they're turning toward the end of the round and Lewis gets caught in a way that you can see you're not supposed to be able to catch me as I'm turning to try to throw because I'm so tall that I know my range and yet you're just so much bigger 
and younger and more game and he gets caught and you just think, oh, and this is right at the moment where Merchant compares this to Gaddy Ward. Um, there's a thrilling, there's a thrilling exchange to end the round. And I think what you're seeing, uh, and this is true from the chess world, which I've unfortunately written a fair bit about, is this is what happens after regular chess ends and you move into speed chess. And that's what you're seeing is two ex exceptional chess players forced to play speed chess against each other. And that's what the way the rest of the fight's going to go. So I gave another round to, to Vitaly, but I'm, I'm also just like loving what Lewis is doing to try to respond. Like it's showing you so much of a side of Lewis that we yeah. hadn't seen before. So uh, you're beginning to get a sense that this fight is something really special. So round three, what did you see? <laughs> I saw the same thing as you did in round two. Klitschko should have taken that round. And on in round three, um, I think that that kind of becomes a theme in this fight that it seems as though Lewis looks as if he's acknowledging, like, I'm in a rut here, shit. Yeah. But that he's also laying it out in front of everybody and saying, fine, I'm in a rut, but I'm willing to fight my way out. And that's not something you've seen of me. And that's something you guys have said for years I wouldn't do. So it's almost like, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about self-referential and stuff like that. It's almost like he's seeing what the crowd is seeing, almost like he's, he's understanding, like seeing it from the crowd's perspective, like, should I better get into gear? But the problem is that Klitschko going even into the third round and a little less so, Lewis starts kind of catching up in the third round, in my opinion, but even so, Klitschko is still so slippery. He's so, and not in the sense that he's very defensively responsible or that he's a defensive master or anything like that, Nicolino Loche or Willie Pep or something. It's mostly that he's awkward. He has a very strange and straight up style that the bad aspects of Vladimir Klitschko's style Vitaly makes work for him. Where... Vladimir Klitschko's, you know, they say he's robotic or very straight up, doesn't have good defense, etc. Uh, his older brother does the same kind of thing, except for he's far more cognizant of where he is, like in the ring. He's far more cognizant of what's coming back at him. And so uh, Vitaly has really tricky head movement, does a lot of weird shifting about and stuff like that when he's in. Uh, it, I think that Lewis just they say that in boxing a good example of this is when somebody's being really unorthodox you need to like be ultra orthodox in order to fix them in order to get them back in the line and a good excuse me a good example of that would be Barrera Hamed Hamed's moving all around and doing all this type of movement and so Barrera just stays on the line that's all he does the entire fight just stay right on the line and you're gonna fucking get him and it's the same kind of concept except for this is a version of Lewis where in the psychological sense, it's like you can see that Lewis was up to fight Tyson. You know, he probably isn't up to fight Vitaly Klitschko, or at least not in this under these circumstances. On the other hand, Vitaly Klitschko is very much up to fight Lennox Lewis, and you can see that. And so I think that that dynamic going on in the ring is kind of funky. In round three, about a minute into the round, after this kind of jockeying for position continues and Lewis is trying to kind of get a bead on Klitschko, he finally lands a right hand that splits open Vitaly Klitschko's eyebrow. And that's kind of like the start of 
where, you know, there's just a little crack. He just needs to put the wedge into that crack and just start fucking hammering it. So the wall starts coming down and it's like, it's going to happen. It's just, you only have a little crack right now. That's all you got. And that's what Lewis is working on. Yeah. I mean, the other thing here, we have to mention the late Emmanuel Stewart is says to Lewis, you're losing and you need to come out here and you, and you need to assert, you need to take over. This motherfucker's dangerous. You can't go out, just go and fight him. You're fighting a dead man. Knock that motherfucker out. He's awesome. He's, the other thing is that it's real. It's not Teddy Atlas performing like auditioning. It's, it's real. We're on Broadway and you're a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so painful it's just so so painful um and I, what i love about lewis here lewis absolutely listens to those instructions whatever fear or trepidation he has after two rounds he comes out of the corner and just opens fire there's it, and i'm sorry but there's even just a moment where manny is like you're not doing all right and lewis is like huh yeah like what and manny's like buddy you're losing you're losing. Lewis is like, fuck. All right. I guess I better get going. No. And, and he comes out and he just really makes a huge effort to assert his will. And it's not in the, the kind of like Tyson way where it's like pretending to like, he really is finally like, okay, if I'm losing, do I want to lose? No, I don't. I want to fucking win this thing. I care about these titles. I care about my legacy. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to beat this motherfucker. I don't care if, if, I'm out of shade. Yeah. I'm going to take this fight really chucking. Yeah. And, and so he comes out of there. And for the first time, you're seeing Lewis really clinging to the idea, I will win this fight. I'm not going to do what's been going on the last two rounds. Right? I'm going to survive and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay in here. But now it's that I need to take over and I need to win. And I know I'm not in the best shape. So I probably have to do this. I'm not going to win a decision, maybe. And that's not a place that Lewis typically likes to be in. Lewis likes to be able to make those decisions, but he's aware this guy wants to make that decision for me. He wants to either take me out or he's very capable of winning on points. And he's so much more active than I am. Can I really win on the scorecards? Because he's landing more, he's throwing way more. Um, so you're right. That cut emerges over Vitaly that is you know, the, the major, it, it becomes the Achilles heel in this fight and the action and rising tension um, just absolutely detonates the crowd. Now the crowd is not suspicious of a great fight They're They know they're in the middle of a great fight, which is magical to watch because most of boxing is despite these guys risking their lives can become monotonous very quick. And here we just don't know what's going to happen. And, and, it's just really interesting just to see this crowd um, just get into this fight in such a big way because Lewis is such a figure in the sport. Um, I think with what he was able to accomplish, I mean, I think people were beginning to really say, I mean, his foreman says, I would never want to fight Lennox Lewis. Like, I, I don't want any part of him sort of thing. Like he jokes about it after, at the end of this fight. Um, so you're getting moments in this, there, there are little stanzas that are just tremendous brawls. It degenerates, but it also almost elevates it into something where two guys with such skill are just kind of throwing it out the window because they're getting lost in the excitement of the fight. Yeah, you want to take it back to the alley? Let's take it back to the alley, dude. Let's go. Right. 
Right. So Lewis throws 39 punches this round, lands 19. Vitaly keeps up a pace of 74 punches thrown and lands 29. And he's trying to land hard. These are these are not pity pat. These are I'm trying to take this fucking guy out. Um, so I'm just looking at Foreman's commentary. Uh, I my note here is that this is where Foreman really becomes like he's in a bigger fight with himself over like what strategy to be implemented. Like the contradictions of Foreman are like the give and take of the battle with Lewis and Klitschko. It's bizarre. Yeah. Like it's surreal at this point. You're trying to imagine the faces of Lampley and Merchant listening to Foreman. Again, I love Foreman. But yeah, I, um, how many times did Larry just with his earphones on go, What are you talking about? What? Yeah. So I gave it an I gave another round. I mean, I mentioned to you the punch stats, and I think it's even more demonstrative when you're watching it. Uh, but we're we're I mean, I think you and I are on the same page. Three nothing, Vitaly at this point. I thought that round three, Lewis at least had an argument. And I think that uh I mean, this is where the kind of like scoring criteria and whatever argument starts to come into play. I'm not really gonna go into it. I'm just gonna say that I think that. Um, for me, when it comes down to like punches landed and shit like that, it's sometimes difficult to know how much damage a punch does. Like it's really impossible to know. Sometimes it's visible, like a, a cut opens up. But in that moment, in that round, what does that mean? Does like, oh shit, he cut him, he wins the round. No, that's not what it means. But I think that Lewis definitely had far more argument to win the third round uh, than any other round. It's just kind of like, you know, it, Going off of the punch stats, I don't score off the punch stats, not saying you are either, but um, they are kind of like a good tool to kind of look at what's going on. And at the very least, whether or not you're looking at punches landed, looking at punches thrown is helpful. And you can clearly see that Vitaly is outworking him, clearly. And you could also see it visibly, too. You don't necessarily need to look at the punch stats. Lewis is feeling the pressure, which is why he's applying the pressure, because he's like, holy shit, this guy's, you know, kind of just outboxing me and you know one twoing me to death here what the hell um but yeah i thought that 3-0 would probably be pretty fair at that point um yeah i guess it just depends on what you're scoring in that third round but 3-0 yeah sure well and, and, I'm, and i'm not saying that these are clear-cut rounds where totally. lewis is doing nothing lewis is doing a lot in all three of the rounds it's just and that's what i mean is like there's yeah. that push and pull of like what you're scoring or you know yeah, and I, I mean, what, what I'm scoring is who is dictating the pace of the fight, who's controlling the momentum, who's landing the more meaningful shots, and who is demonstrating more effective aggression. On all of those criterion, Vitaly is, is not dominating the fight, but dictating the fight. I would agree. So, so that's where I'm going with this scoring, is I'm not saying at all that even though I gave every round of Vitaly that he dominated this fight. He didn't, but he dictated it. I and, I, and I don't really see any any round where it's like more than 90 seconds Lewis dictated. It's like Lewis would have 30 seconds or 40 seconds, but the rest would be Vitaly pretty clearly. So going into the fourth round, it is abundantly clear that Vitaly's eye is badly damaged. It is a horrid cut. And Lewis gets excited by this. Lewis clearly sees this is an opening to win and it gives him some energy that you didn't really see him have in the previous three rounds. 
which is, again, another testament to him that he's able to deal with adversity and find a thing to focus on to motivate him to get the best out of where he is at that particular moment. So it's another aspect of this fight that I think is so fun to watch is just to see this last chapter of Lewis's career to see he's still got something. And you saw it with Ali, too. Ali was able to bring out uh, the best of himself at moments of real adversity against many opponents that were dangerous for him. I mean, we, we, we throw around that Ali's the best ever, but Ali had hugely competitive fights with fighters that we do not consider even very good <laughs> throughout his career. It's, a, it's well, an interesting thing that we kind of neglect. Those are forgotten, you know, those right. slide in under the radar. Right. Um, <laughs> the two fighters, the two fighters in the fourth round, um, Lewis is charging to try to score against Klitschko's eye. He's got a bullseye to try to land stuff. And at one moment in this round, both fighters collapse on the canvas inadvertently. It's a very clean fight, actually, but they both collapse. And one of the, it's one of my favorite moments of the fight because for both guys, this fight is so important. But you see Klitschko offer a glove to pick up Lewis to help pick him up when he's on the ground. And we see the opposite way too much in boxing now where you kind of want to be celebrated for being a badass or not showing sportsmanship. I I'm just very sentimental that I love seeing these moments between two guys that are beating the fuck out of each other, but there's still respect between the two of them. If you look in the background, the crowd, like there's like a swath of the crowd that stands up and they're like, yeah, you know, cause it's, it's, it's nice. like, a, Oh shit. You know, I didn't expect to see this. It's, it's, you know, a lot of guys get venerated right now when they see a guy on the ground, they want to kick him and we go, yeah, that's the killer instinct we want to see. I fucking hate that shit. So I like seeing this moment to prove that guys can be just as competitive as the kind of people who would kick somebody down, but also have decency and sportsmanship within the context of they're trying to kill each other. So I, I like that moment a lot. And um, Lewis is just pouring on pressure to try to take it, take advantage of this cut. And um, to me, it reminded me, my, my last little comment is in OJ made in America, there's a moment where they talk about OJ Simpson being friends with Marcus Allen and they challenge each other. Marcus, I think challenges OJ who's quite a bit older and his knees are completely shot to a sprint. And Marcus Allen is in the NFL. He's an active NFL player. Who's, you know, MVP of the Super Bowl. OJ kicks his ass in the sprint. Just out of pride, he kicked Marcus's ass as an older man. And this is to me where Lewis is coming from. I know that I'm better than you, even though this version of me is older and I'm a little overweight, but I am the better, I'm the Lamborghini here and, and I don't fucking lose sort of thing. So I love seeing that from Lewis, that his pride is allowing him to fight at a level that he really does not deserve to be fighting at based has on no business condition. fighting at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's just another little snapshot of, of this fight that to me is very special. That just reminded me of that OJ anecdote. Um, not, not to suggest that Lennox should be compared to a two-time murderer, but, but I'm just saying in this one little way. So yeah, that's, that, so again, fourth round, Vitaly again, more active. And, and I thought, uh, just slightly took took the round despite Lewis really coming on. So four zero for Vitali still. And um, one thing that we're seeing from both fighters is that they're both tired. 
And that's one of the reasons why they go collapsing to the canvas is, uh, you know, part of it is that um, they're big, you know, so they collide and they're going to fall. But another part of it is that we're seeing Lennox Lewis going after Abitaly, like you said, but also missing a bunch of, like, whiffing a bunch of punches. Like, not like by a little, but by a lot. Like, there are a number of instances where he's like, woof, you know, and Abitaly's like not even there. And you don't see that kind of stuff from Lennox Lewis very often. And so here in round four, you are obviously seeing two very big guys getting tired. And in a heavyweight championship fight, you don't want to see both guys getting tired in round four. So, I mean, it's speaking to the pace in Beatley's uh, case, but also the lack of being in shape uh, for Lennox Lewis. But another aspect of this fight, a small aspect of this fight that kind of goes under the radar that I caught in real time watching it and was just like fucking horrified. And I mean, you probably wrote a note about this, I would imagine, because you're pretty observant and, you know, you're taking good notes and shit. But Fritz Zdenek, who is the cornerman for uh, Vitaly Klitschko and was in the Klitschko's corner for years and years, a very well-known German coach. Uh, and another kind of offshoot of this is that a number of times when, uh, you know, a, a fighter has a team of people quite often the trainer or the head trainer will also act as the cut man or has experiencing or has experience treating cuts using the end swell, et cetera. Now, generally speaking, that's like something that somebody with actual medical knowledge should be doing. You shouldn't be sticking anything in a fucking cut or anything like that, or any wound, unless you, you know, have medical knowledge, but this is just the nature of boxing going back many, many, many decades where trainers would literally have a little bag full of their own fucking shit that they would mix together. So anyway, long story short, you have Fritz Zdenek in Vitaly Klitschko's corner. And after Vitaly Klitschko comes back and the cut has been worsened, Fritz Zdenek, for some ghastly reason, some reason that still is beyond me to this day, almost 20 years later, takes a terry cloth, a white towel, one of those white towels you can find in a pack for $1.99 at Walmart and a pack of like 12, fucking terry cloth and starts wiping at the goddamn cut, tears it to like twice as big as it was before. I saw that watching it live and was like, my God, what is he doing? Oh my God. Because the cut goes from like a fairly straightforward, like, you know, just straight across cut. That's a little messy to this jagged fucking awful thing because he wipes it with a towel, bro. Oh my God. So, I mean, it's, if I were Vita Lee Klitschko, I'd be pissed at Fritz Zdenek to this day, but between rounds, that's one of the things that you're seeing is the difference between how Emmanuel Stewart is handling situation the situation compared to Fritz Zdenek. Holy shit, what a mishap, bro. So yeah, four rounds in, you got Vitaly probably up full by four rounds, but with a cut that's being worsened, not only by Lennox Lewis's punches, but by his own goddamn corner. Poor guy. Holy shit. It's a great point. And, and you're seeing Lewis confronting fatigue that's just completely unprecedented in his career. Totally unprecedented. A ta- a, a, apart from the phone booth fighting that they're doing where Vitaly, I mean, in this fourth round, Vitaly is throwing 66 punches. He's maintaining a pace that is now getting to be two and a half times what Lewis is able to muster in response. Um, but the fatigue is there. I mean, he, he is... And it's, it's amazing to see like, wow, I'm four rounds in and I look more tired than any 12th round I've ever fought. What is going on here? And this guy is in such good shape. And, and he's not getting, going anywhere. Like I'm hitting him with some anywhere. bombs. He ain't going anywhere. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he knows that when he lands clean against me, that he's, he shook me. 
Um, I think Lewis is also dispelling in this fight the myth that he had a bad chin. I think Lewis had a very good chin. Agreed. Um, and certainly his, you know, while he's conscious, his willingness to take punishment, not, not like unnecessarily, but like he, it does not take away his will to win, to get hit. He's getting hit a lot in this fight and he's coming for more and he's still very determined to win. Um, going into the fifth round, uh, Lewis, let's see. Fifth, I mean, the fourth round I thought was the closest fight in terms of it almost scoring it even, but I still thought just because Vitaly was was throwing so much more and still dictating, I had to give it to him. Um, Lewis, Lewis is still trying to rush. He's still trying to give a sense of offense to create momentum, to maybe land something big. Um, he's just not able to do it, or even when he does, Vitaly has a, a tremendous chin. Um, you know, Vitaly is somebody who's really never lost. I mean, the bird thing, I think, is bullshit. Um, but Lewis, uh, Vitaly, even though he did lose, there's a YouTube clip of him getting knocked out in kickboxing. Mm. He gets like some roundhouse thing. But he's not somebody like the mental toughness of Vitaly is something I think is really underrated. He, he is just so here to win and do something extraordinary. And, and perhaps part of that is motivated by his brother getting embarrassed and humiliated. Um, that when his brother loses, it's sort of like as if the family has been challenged. And also just the way that people read into what happened with Chris Bird about who Vitaly was, which is so contrary to who he was, as he later demonstrates, that you're seeing just an exceptional show of, of just desire to, to assert in this fight. Um, I thought Vitaly was able to have real sustained periods of, of just throwing stuff where Lewis was just kind of like, boy, I'm in it for, for this whole fight. Lewis was unable to break the will of Vitaly in this round and actually inspired more effort from him as he was landing stuff. So Lewis is coming on, but it's only bringing out an even better version of Vitaly, which was interesting, which was also true, I think, in, in a, a fabulous way with Tyson Douglas that as Tyson would really come on, and again, we forget that. We just think, oh, Douglas dominated the whole fight. He, he didn't. Tyson was winning on the scorecards in that fight. And, and Tyson fought his ass off in that fight. He took a savage beating, but he fought his ass off. Um, when Douglas was knocked down in that controversial way, you see him pound the canvas in disappointment. And that's where you, if you're, you're watching Douglas do that, you're not watching Tyson's response to seeing it, which is, fuck, he really wants to be here. And I don't want to be here. I was trying to knock him out so I could go home because I don't want to be here against this guy anymore. Um, so there's something similar that happens in this round, which is interesting, really fascinating to watch is that uh, midway through Vitaly scores with a huge flurry that rocks Lewis and Lewis is clearly gassed, but he is swinging in, in, in defense. He is still trying to come on and put Vitaly away, but I just thought Vitaly got the better of a really good series of exchanges throughout the round. So again, I'm up 5-0 for Vitaly, even though it's not a dominant performance, but he's, he's always just doing enough. And part of my defense of that position is that Lewis threw 43 punches. He's upping a little in this round, what he's throwing, lands 23. 
Vitaly ups his total to 70 punches thrown and lands 27. Yeah, I thought that round five was a round where Lewis started kind of showing that he was starting to get to Vitaly inside because Klitschko was actually starting to, rather than, um, like he was doing this stuff earlier on where he was like rocking back and forth using his head movement and stuff like that and punching between Lewis's shots. Whereas in the fifth round, he started really clinching inside. Um, he was doing a really good job timing Lewis as Lewis tried to come in. And then from the outside, Lewis was just a hair, like too short on most of his shots. He just couldn't quite reach Klitschko, who between the height advantage and his movement, he just couldn't quite get to him. But he was getting to him just enough inside. And also on top of that, using, uh, you know, I talked about Holyfield earlier where we were recording, but um, uh, using his head. Lennox Lewis starts actually using his head inside and, and putting his head into into Klitschko's cut and shit like that in the fifth round where he's clearly kind of like, you know, trying to worsen the cut and like, you know, using his gloves, doing this shit, pushing his face away so that, you know, he can uh, potentially worsen the cut. Like some pretty veteran, somewhat dirty shit. But um, is that enough to give Lewis the round? Potentially. I thought he did some damage in the fifth and, but I thought that clearly in the fifth round, he had started to come on and had an argument for that round. And I think I gave him that round, yeah. I think Lewis has an argument for a couple of rounds. I, I totally concede that. Uh, sixth round, the fights moved into a telephone booth. Um, there is a vicious right hand that, that, Vit that Vitaly lands on Lewis. And Lewis, Lewis is just showing, again, the chin is something special. Vitaly... Go back, go, YouTube search Vitaly knockout reel. He lands cleanly on anybody, they're out. But it's not true here. He has landed cleanly a few times on Lewis, and Lewis is right there, totally game. Lewis is also in pursuit of Klitschko a lot of this round. Despite taking some of these shots, he is taking fire while he's in pursuit by somebody that is very capable of landing and has kind of timed him a little bit to get his rhythm. And then Lewis lands the best punch of the fight for him, an uppercut that is completely worthy of the Joshua Vladimir fight, takes Vitaly's head off, it snaps back, doesn't go anywhere, doesn't even seem that buzzed by it. It's a huge shot. Like, look what Lewis was doing to Tyson when he landed, putting him on the canvas, bloodying up his face. Um, Vitaly reacts to taking this uppercut by, oh, that's a good punch to use, lands his own uppercut. And uh, Foreman is claiming that Vitaly is blind at this point. I don't know how he has, uh, is able to get a camera into the field of vision of Vitaly, but it's just another comment by George where it's like, really? Like, okay. Um, <laughs> He's got diabetes. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> just calling out random health, health defects. Uh, so I thought Lewis had a great round here, some great moments, but I thought Vitaly was able to turn the tide whenever necessary after taking a shot, did a little bit more, and wins the sixth round, the sixth round as he has won for me every one of these rounds. And this becomes the last round uh, because the fight is about to be stopped. Um, it's, you know, and even the judge scorecards, I mean, what did you make when this fight was stopped? And I, I think it should have been stopped. That cut was horrendous. 
uh, I'm kind of surprised they allowed it to go on. Um, this was another round that I had almost scored even, but just slightly gave it to Vitaly. Um, but Lewis, Lewis, 15 years after this fight, said unequivocally that Klitschko was the, the most difficult opponent of his career, which I think is important because he's not saying, oh, I wasn't in shape or coming up with excuses. He flat out just said on paper and who, who this guy was, was the hardest person I ever fought. And I think that's an important caveat to mention because anybody who's saying, oh, it wasn't Lewis, Lewis is not saying that. Defenders of Lewis might say it. He didn't say it. Um, and then the, the judges, uh, you know, they all had it the same score, I believe, of 58-56 for Klitschko. And uh, the only one who didn't was Letterman, who was scoring the fight. You know, okay, Jim, it's even. So that... Uh, Going you know, by the Unified Rules Association of Boxing Committee. Jim! <laughs> um, so sounds like you're at f- four to two yeah. for Klitschko in this fight. Uh, were you okay with the stoppage? Do you think it was reasonable? Yeah, um, that's how I had it. I thought Lewis started coming on pretty clearly in the f- fifth and sixth rounds. I thought sixth round Lewis landed the bigger shots, started finally getting in there and and inside working his magic started getting to a point where he was actually doing something inside. Um, and that overhand, right. That Klitschko previously had been ducking away from started kind of catching him, And then he got him with that, that uppercut. And yes, I thought that the stoppage was appropriate, man. Beatly Klitschko could have lost his fucking eye. If that thing could have kept going. And I know that that's like, you know, I don't want to exaggerate or be like a big baby, but that was a really, it wasn't even one cut. It was like three separate cuts that were starting to converge. There were two over the top of his eye and one under his eye. And one, this never gets brought up, but you can see it in the post-fight interview. Um, when Beatley Klitschko is getting interviewed, his fucking mouth is like, it's like it's he can't even talk because he's going like this, licking his lips because his lips are cut. His lips are so split that he's like, bruh, 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 bruh. It's 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 awful. It's terrible. So yeah, dude, the the fight definitely should have been stopped. Uh, Lewis, I mean, this is kind of just the debate surrounding this fight for me. Where were your scores when it should have been stopped? You know, when it was stopped, blah blah blah. But Lewis legally opened the cuts. Definitely, kind of uh, outside legality opened them even more during the fight. No question about that. But basically outdid Klitschko and just barely for me. Um, I mean, you know, it, it was obviously close, clearly a difficult opponent, but Klitschko's face was falling apart, man. It was really just, it was awful. And he, he still has some pretty bad scar tissue from that. Yeah. And I mean, final punch stats, Lewis landed 52 jabs, Klitschko at 77 power punches, Lewis had 120, Klitschko had 240. So exactly double landed. Um, and, you know, the other thing, you know, last thing on this fight to, to sort of discuss is if this fight goes on, if there wasn't a cut, where does this go for you? How does this unfold? Because question. Lewis Lewis said, 
you know, flat out, I would have taken him out. I was setting it. You could see I was going to take him apart or anything, which is just hubris to me. He was very defensive with Merchant, but I don't in any way put anything past him being able to take out Klitschko with a shot. Uh, I just think he was the much more fatigued fighter that I think that's unlikely, but I certainly don't take it away as yeah. a possibility. That's the argument. Lewis's fatigue and exhaustion versus Klitschko's face, which was clearly falling apart, but also uh, it seemed to me, and I mean, you know, anything can change, especially in heavyweight boxing, so you can't put your money on this, but it seemed to me that Lewis had started timing him, that he had started finding a rhythm where previously Klitschko was able to one-two him really well and kind of get that range, and Lewis had started finding his own. Uh, what that means, I don't know, because I mean... Klitschko was still there too you know he could have still landed a shot in round seven so I mean I would lean toward Lewis figuring it out just because of that's who Lewis was and he already did figure it out you know he figured it out in six rounds but had it not been stopped I think Lewis probably would have gotten it but there's no question most difficult fight of his career in terms of styles and in terms of how it played out in the ring and having to really grit it out and I mean, the weirdest thing about this is that it was almost like it was seriously discussed that Jones could take Lewis and be favored going into that fight. That is what all three of these commentators say is, boy, like Roy Jones would be a mega fight. You, you kind of have to favor him after that performance. Really? You really well, think Roy Jones? Is that's, going why to Roy, that's why Roy said I'll fight Lennox Lewis for $100 million. Which yeah. is, in effect, saying, I'm not fighting Lennox Lewis. No. And I love Roy. I love Roy. I'm not trying to attack Roy. But Roy, we're saying Tyson and, and, and Lewis are different species of physicality. Roy said the same thing about fighting Tyson. He's just like, he's just too fucking big. Like, Roy, Roy is not a big guy. Yeah, yeah, Buster Douglas was too. Remember back then when Roy was about yeah. to fight Buster Douglas? And they're like, no, nah, Buster's too big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So it's, it's, it's such an interesting fight to have. I mean, I think, I think this era people kind of dismiss, I mean, the nineties is widely recognized as having these great, you know, great fighters and, and interesting fights. And then there's sort of tributaries of the great fights that happen. Um, but I think this one is really special. I think for the two thousands, um, you know, both, both in commemorating Lewis's career and then launching into Vitaly's career and then what Vladimir was able to do. Uh, it's a fascinating one to revisit. I mean, in the same way that I think the Bo Galata fight is so interesting. I remember watching that at the time it was happening and just being like, whoa, like I thought Bo was going to be the next great heavyweight, like what Eddie Futch said, like that he's the most talented fighter he's ever worked with. And he had all the tools to sort of, I thought, be a better Lennox Lewis. And it was like, oh, no, he he has no discipline and got really lucky in that. Not lucky, but, I mean, he gave everything he had in that first Holyfield fight, and then he was never that ever again. Sort of as, as Tyson was after Spinks. We never saw that guy again. Like, Spinks is the only person who ever fought that guy. Well, and, and every fighter has that peak performance. We just don't know it until later on. You know, That's we right. never know, is, is this all this fighter's got, you know? And you never know. Well, I mean, there's only one fighter where I think that's not true. 
Bobby Chez, you know, Bam. where, you know, it, it's, it's just a byproduct of having, you know, an unscorable Mensa IQ, really. I mean, I think they need to redo the test just to accommodate that kind of intellect. How do I know that? Because he wore a towel that said Mensa on it. That's true. And that's really the only way you can get that towel. You know, that towel is not available at retail. So, you know, there's only one way you're getting that Mensa towel. I will the tell membership. you. The membership. Exactly. I, I will say, as much as I love Lennox Lewis, and I do, I was a big Lennox Lewis fan back when, when nobody liked him. But in any case, uh, as much as I love Lennox Lewis, it was kind of screwed up how he did mess with Klitschko a little bit about the rematch and took a little oh. while to retire. But I also don't blame him for retiring. And I will say um, I appreciate the fact that he hasn't come back. I'm going to end on this note. The esteemed Thomas Hauser told me who, that he wrote Lennox's retirement speech. Lennox approached him and said one question. In your opinion, Tom, if I retire today, is my legacy intact after this fight with Klitschko? And Tom said, yes, it is. It, it absolutely is intact. Like you, you came back, you won this fight. Nobody, there's nothing about a question mark in you not coming back for a rematch. It's okay to walk away. And, and Lewis said, okay, then I need you to, to work with me to write my retirement speech. So I don't disagree where, with that. No, no, I don't either. And, and, but that's where Lewis's mind was. And I don't know that that's ever been reported, but that's because, because Tom and I have talked about Lewis in terms of, you know, how would he have done against these other guys? But that's exactly what Tom told me about where Lewis's mind was after this fight. I also agree with you. I don't like what he did to Vitaly. I thought it was bullshit. Um, but the guy's 38 years old. Do you want to come back at 38 to fight this guy? I mean, Klitschko was about to go on a serious run after this fight, just fucking annihilating Kirk Johnson, avenging his brother's defeat to Corey Sanders, blowing away Danny Williams, like just brutally fucking molesting him. Um, Samuel Peter wipes him out. Um, the Shannon Briggs fight is really hard to watch, but I mean, Vitaly had a lot left, had a lot left. So you wish that he had some better opponents to fight. You wish we had Vitaly in the 90s fighting all those guys that Lewis fought just to see what would have happened. I mean, I think Klitschko would have fucking destroyed Tyson had they fought. You know, Tyson, I think Tyson knew after Lewis how, like, where he was really at relative to where he'd been. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think that uh, that's a that's a pretty good point, dude. And I think that, like, the heavyweight division was clearly going in a direction without a number of fighters and it was Klitschko time, dude. It wasn't a clean handover, but it was as clean as it was going to get. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. I, I, I would, I really think we should encourage people to send us some messages about who, what other controversial fight would you like broken down and, and have a deep dive into? Cause uh, there are so many, <laughs> that are out there but maybe there are a lot that we don't even know about so yeah this was fun yeah totally yeah and if anybody listening or watching has an idea or you know there's a fight that you just got in your head or have never gotten over or something like that let us know we will definitely take it into consideration and you know watch it over or whatever but Bryn dude I appreciate you spending the time going over this again with me it wasn't that difficult because it was a fun fight you know, fun it wasn't fun. like it was a you know difficult task or anything but I appreciate it dude. it was a lot of fun a lot of fun. Let's do it again. For sure. Well, in the meanwhile, everybody who listened in or watched 
really appreciate it. If you watched, for instance, on YouTube, I would appreciate if you subscribed and gave this video a thumbs up. If you listen, whatever podcast app that might be, also subscribe, give us a little rating or comment. Very helpful. If you are on social media, don't lie to me. I know you are. I'll find you. But find us, like my buddy Bryn, on Twitter, for instance, at Brynicio, B-R-I-N-I-C-I-O, me, Patrick Connor, Patrick M. Connor. And if you are on Facebook or Instagram, you know, we're in those kinds of places too, Bryn. We'll talk soon, bro. Thank you, Patrick. Talk soon. All right, everybody. Later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.